Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I think our guys have played really hard. And, and now to me, it's just about across the board in all three phases, striving for what is that standard? What is that standard of execution? What is that standard? Um, knowing that we're going to play a lot of really good teams and, and we've got to continually grow as a team. And, and you get a chance to do that coming out of your bye week and knowing you've got 11 opportunities ahead to really solidify uh, what you are as a team. To me, 5-1 and one is great is a great start, but that means absolutely nothing um, each and every Sunday that, that we get opportunities to go play from here on out. Kevin O'Connell here kicking off this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Reckless Happy speculation. Reckless Speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. Mackie Judd, executive producer Declan, and inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. He is Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. Doogie, what is your feeling about the five and one Minnesota? I, I, I kind of, yeah, that was cliche speak from Kevin O'Connell there, but that was a lot of word salad right there, Phil. That was a lot of words with not much said. But, but what he's saying, whether it's inadvertent or not, is true, and that this is not a five and one ironclad team that can just like keep doing everything that they've been doing. They, there's some process things here that need to get fixed, or they won't keep winning at this rate. So, I guess, what are your general thoughts on where they stand? Well, I mean, I think it's a very, very favorable schedule moving forward. I thought it was a very favorable schedule preseason. So preseason, I thought 10 wins. At this point, I think 11, maybe even 12 wins. But yeah, there are warts. There certainly are you know, areas where they can improve. If looking ahead to next Tuesday's trade deadline, I still don't necessarily trust the secondary, although Cam Dantzler is playing the best football of his career. Patrick Peterson has been good, but I don't know long-term. When saying long-term, the rest of this year, if I fully trust those cornerbacks, right? So that's one area. Garrett Bradbury has been really, really good. I was looking at the pass block win rate, the run block win rate on ESPN the other day. He's number seven, you know, in terms of centers. Number seven in both areas. That means Garrett Bradbury, in a contract year, is playing very, very good football, but can he sustain that? So I still wonder about that. I still wonder about the aging Adam Thielen, Irv Smith Jr. Like, is there another serious pass threat besides Justin Jefferson when thinking about January, when thinking about the possibility of playing the Eagles again or the 49ers or you name another team in the NFC that's really good, maybe Dallas? So there are still a bunch of question marks, but it's not like they need to apologize for being five and one, and really, they should be seven and one heading to Buffalo November 12th. They should win on Sunday, although I do think Arizona can be pesky, and they absolutely should win at Washington. So, Dukes, um, I'm going to give you four position groups, and I will be absolutely shocked if the Vikings don't make one deal before Tuesday uh, for one of these four, but you tell me which position group you think is most likely to be bolstered, all right? Wide receiver, cornerback. Defensive tackle, defensive end. I think all four of those are in play as far as Quasi's phone calls. Yes, although I did check. Like, I can tell you from somebody directly in the belly of the beast, Judd. Now, I get it. Like, in division, in season, trades can be difficult. But the Vikings never once engaged Chicago on Robert Quinn. So when thinking about a pass rusher, knowing, like, they had intimate knowledge that Philadelphia – had interest after losing Barnett in adding a pass rusher. 
So you could have pursued Quinn to block him from going to, say, the Philadelphia Eagles, but the Vikings were never once engaged with Chicago. Like, they didn't even inquire via text. Nothing. Zero dialogue with the Bears on Quinn. But I suppose possible. But I would say the other three positions, absolutely. You know, whether it's a receiver or tight end, like somebody that can stretch the field, whether it's down the middle or on the outside, Yes, on another corner, although I think corner's like three on the list, but hey, like you're casting a relatively wide net, so like maybe the deal ends up happening for a corner, but like if I had to rank one, two, three, like I don't know if I'd put interior defensive line or receiver slash tight end one, but those two would be one, two, then corner three. But yeah, Judd, like I'll reiterate what I said on Tuesday. You know, you were out with... with Resting your voice, it was just Declan and I, Phil, you weren't a part of the conversation on Tuesday, but I said on Tuesday, I would be surprised at this point, just based on the amount of dialogue they are having, if they don't complete at least one trade. Like, at this point, like, there's been enough activity in terms of dialogue, like, I just don't know how how Quasey doesn't do something by Tuesday afternoon. I doubt if he's going to go full Rams, as he said to USA Today, uh, something he is against. But, you know, it's possible Kevin O'Connell's in his ear saying, maybe we could just go like, you know, half Rams or something. Let's let's add something. Doogie, I, I love the idea, depending on what it would take, but if you didn't have to give up a first-round pick and you could get a rookie-scale contract, slightly underachieving receiver in a Jerry Judy, Judd floated that idea out a couple days ago. Uh, Chase Claypool's name continues to be out there. If you could, I don't love the 29-year-old, you know, Brandon Cooks, big contract, DJ Moore, $25 million cap hit. I don't know how you make that work with a Jefferson extension coming up, Kirk's contract, but a rookie-scale contract for two more years for like a second or third-round draft pick as a number two wide receiver, that interests me, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that mortgages your entire, you know, you know cap situation, too. Sure. Now, I would be surprised if they end up giving up a second-round pick. I guess we can debate third, but I'm still thinking more day three compared to day two. I have heard that there has been chatter with Pittsburgh. I don't sense anything is on the cusp that it has been serious dialogue, but my understanding is they've at least made an inquiry about Claypool. My understanding is there's been dialogue with Denver, but I don't know the specifics there. So I'm not ready to say yes, they have specifically inquired about Jerry Judy because you think about one of their tight ends who's available. You think about KJ Hamler, you know, so there's, there's myriad possibilities in play with, with the Broncos, but yeah, I'm thinking more day three, Phil, like even look at the Quinn trade and I get it. He's not the same player he was last year, but Philly only gave up what a four. So a day three pick with Chicago, you know, ending up retaining most of most of the salary. Now, the follow up on all this is the Vikings right now per NFL PA records are below one million dollars in cap space. Well, whether you restructure Eric Kendricks, Brian O'Neill, there are a bunch of different possibilities. Put it this way. If Rob Brzezinski needs to create cap space, that is not any sort of hurdle to the Vikings making a trade. So, Dukes, when, when you talk to uh, folks who, who, as you say, are inside the belly of the beast at TCO, um, do you get a sense or just have flat out been told that this start and, and the success has changed things too? Because, you know, I don't know. I, I think they had expectations, but I don't know that. I don't know their expectations were not only 5-1 and one at the bye, but just as importantly, when you look at the rest of the conference, Philly looks great. And beyond that, I, there's not one team that if I'm the Vikings, I truly fear. So how much do you think there has been a change in thought process based upon what appears to be an available window that's probably more wide open than we all expected at one point? It's more your latter point. Like if they were three and three or even two and four, well, two and four, maybe you sell. But if they were three and three, I don't know if I'd be sitting here saying I would be surprised if they don't do something. But certainly at 5-1, and one, based on the landscape of the conference. You're right, Judd. I mean, heck, like the two seed 
is incredibly attainable. Now, I know there's not as much appeal being the two as, you know, say, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. But there is, like, that is sitting there, right? Like, you can be the two seed, right? Like, you absolutely can be the two seed. Getting to one might be difficult. I don't think Philadelphia's schedule is super difficult the rest of the year, but they are going to lose a game or two or three or maybe even four, right? But they have the tiebreaker, so it's essentially a two-game lead for Philadelphia. But go ahead. Go achieve the two seed. Put yourself in a position to win multiple games come January. So that's where we go back to. This team still has enough needs, so go do something. I'm not saying you need to make multiple trades, but Quasey is aware of this. The rest of the front office is aware of this. There is a pretty good opportunity here to do something, to make a run into late January. So let's add to that roster. Yeah. By the way, I'm, I am looking at the Eagles schedule just for fun here. It's, I mean, you're going to lose some games, but you're probably going to lose. You play the Giants twice. You, let's say you split those games. Those are tough division games. Uh, you get another game against the Cowboys. That'll be at Dallas. That'll be tough. Titans, Packers at home. Commanders at home. It's uh it's a pretty clear path to like thirteen or fourteen wins. Oh, for them. absolutely. So, yeah, I mean thirteen or even fourteen is probably more realistic than, you know, say twelve. But yeah, I mean I was thinking the game at Dallas, I was thinking, yes, you split those Giants games. I even think Tennessee is is a bit pesky. Like Pittsburgh this weekend, no. So you're right. I mean, Philadelphia is in clear control of being the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. Um, man, this um, this full Rams thing keeps sticking in my head because you guys are right. This is this is an open window for them this year more than maybe next year, but this year and next year, Aaron Rodgers might not be back with the Packers next year. Even if he is, he might just no longer be the guy that won a bunch of MVP awards. So your division's there for the taking this year and next year. Home playoff games based on winning your division are there for the taking this year and next year. I'm not saying you have to trade a bunch of future first-round picks, but this would be the window where if you believed in what you're doing and you believe there is a path to playing home playoff games, and maybe most importantly, you believe that Kirk Cousins can be the guy that gets you there. Because if you start trading first-round picks 2023-24, you're also trading you know, slots that you could take Kirk Cousins' successor with. How much do you believe in what you're doing this year or next year? And how many chips do you want to take from future years and put on the table for this year, next year, is an interesting question I want to see them answer. Well, I will tell you, on next year, the Chicago Bears at this point will have more cap space than any other team. Now, how Ryan Poles decides to use that cap space, you know, whether Justin Fields is the quarterback, still a lot of questions there in Chicago. But the Bears are set up starting next year for a higher level of success. I still think Detroit, I love the Williams kid. I just, I loved him at Alabama. I don't know if the wide receiver will play this year, but he is going to help them next year, the year after that. Like at some point, Detroit, with all that talent, they have a lot of talent in my mind or enough talent. They are going to figure it out. I know. Like I'm not suggesting 13 wins, you know, comfortably winning the NFC North. But at some point, Detroit is going to be better. But you're right. The window is wide open this year. Now, I don't have all their draft equity for 2023 directly in front of me. They gave up, was it a conditional fourth in the regular trade? Yes. I mean, that's the other thing to keep in mind. I mean, Kwesi made two trades in August, right, for Blacklock, for Rager. We know how many trades he made draft weekend. Like, Kwesi is willing to make trades. But I am curious, do they have, they have their one, they have their two, they have their three, right? The fourth is a conditional, which I'm not quite sure at this point. Rager reaches those conditions for it to actually convert into a four. So maybe it's more like a five that ends up with Philly. But Judd, you might know better than me, top of your head. But they have they have enough picks, right, to choose from for, for whatever deal they want to make by next Tuesday. Yeah, and Blacklock was, what, a conditional seventh or something like yes. that. that? That was nothing. So, yes, they, they definitely could. Um but I mean, I think if you're talking, if you're talking a wide receiver that you could plug in here and could be a downfield threat, you probably have to trade your three, is my guess. And that's where I'm curious to see, like, because to Phil's point, I gotta think O'Connell a year ago, having seen this work, will say, "Hey, Quasi, we got an, we got a chance here." I'm not saying let's trade a ton of picks, but if we can trade the right pick 
for the right guy. Because I do think the one thing, and and I've gotten notes about this on Twitter, and there's a, I, I think there's confusion about how th- this show has talked about Thielen and and his decline a bit. He is not a bad player. He is no. still a red zone threat. No, that is, is another tentacle got, to all this, right? Like, I got a note last night. Are you willing to disrupt though, his role? That said, Thielen is always open, and I said yes, he's open a lot. But the thing is, where is he downfield? And no, I think yeah. that's what O'Connell is saying. Yes. Is we need we need another threat by Jefferson to peel away the attention on Justin. And that's the difference. This is not to say that Thielen doesn't play a role or that that you know he's in jeopardy of being let go. It is to say that his speed has 100% declined and that's not up for debate. Well, and he can play in the slot, right? Like we know Thielen Absolutely. can play in the slot. So if you want to bring in a Judy or a Claypool or a Brandon Cooks, right? Like all those pieces can coexist. And like at this point, we're not we're not worrying about KJ Osborne's future. Plus, there is still a role for KJ Osborne, right? And I do think Thielen is open plenty, but you're right. It's it's the downfield presence. And that's why I think some of those names, specifically Claypool, I was told to to certainly inquire about the Vikings speaking with Houston about Cooks. I get the reluctance, Phil, on the Cooks contract. Fully guaranteed 2023 at, what, $18 million? The cap hit for this year is minimal. Like, the cap hit for this year is nothing if you trade for him. But I get it. Like, do you want Brandon Cooks for that sort of money in 2023? But is there a way for Houston to retain some of that money? You know, how creative could the Vikings get in some of those talks? But that's the idea. That, hey, we need somebody else who can stretch the field. So that's why I've heard that that is certainly something that they've inquired about. But it could be, you know, is there a tight end out there that can stretch the field down the middle? Right? That's why I'm not ruling out tight end. Uh, The K.J. Osborne thing, I guess my thought on this is we we some, maybe maybe it's all sports fans, but we sometimes as Minnesota sports fans will see someone like an underdog, rise up a little bit, and we'll want to put, oh, my God, look at this guy. I mean, we're kind of doing it with Jalen Noel maybe, too. We're like, oh, oh my God, Jalen Noel should just take over for D'Lo now. Like, well, let's pump the brakes. Jalen Noel's a really good sixth man, and let's. And I think with K.J. Osborne, we saw him last year, and holy cow, look at this guy. Oh, game-winning touchdown reception over here, 700 yards for the season. Boy, if you gave that guy more opportunities, he could be a, a number two wide receiver that goes for 1,200 yards. And it's like, well, actually, maybe K.J. Osborne's just a really good number three or number four on an elite team. And maybe Adam Thielen at age 32 has just kind of aged into a spot where he's going to be more of a third down slot, third down red zone guy. Um, if if K.J. Osborne or Adam Thielen were going to be a 1B to Justin Jefferson, I feel like we would have seen more of that by now in the first six games. You know, it's sort of a small sample size, but I, I have seen enough to say I don't want to get rid of those guys. Those guys are good as maybe number threes, but they do need a solid number two or like an A minus if they want to be on the level of some of the other offenses we see in the NFL. I mean, look at Miami for God's sakes. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, like you don't have a number two like Miami has, for instance. Well, although um, my so comeback he, to that is like for a one two combo. Would you take anybody over those one, two in Miami? Maybe you take one or two, but point is Hill and Waddle is about as good as it gets. I know, but like that's another thing we do in Minnesota sports is like, well, we can't compare ourselves to the best to this. It's like, no, I mean, that's your goal. Your goal is to have an offense that's top five with all the weapons and, and whatnot. But then right how good are those 15? guys, right? Like if Judy was that good, Denver's not listening on him. If Claypool was that good... And I get it. They have Pickens. They just paid Johnson. But if yeah. Claypool was that good, why is Pittsburgh listening? Right? And I get it. Like, new GM, he didn't draft Claypool. I understand all that. But I'm just saying, if the guy was that good, Houston's a different animal, right? Because they seemingly have been rebuilding for many years. But, yeah. like, Pittsburgh, Denver, I get it. These years are our struggle. But, like, you would think, hey, we can be pretty darn good as soon as next year. So why would we trade Judy? Why would we trade Claypool? But that's where I would say, you you might be right on Claypool and Judy, and that's where I would say, okay, then 
Look at some of the splashes rookie receivers have made in recent years, Justin Jefferson being one of them. Then your first-round pick should be kept. Don't trade it. And I'm not saying they will in the next few days. And you should draft a wide receiver with your first-round pick. Like, I am I was on that bandwagon last year, and I'm even more on that bandwagon this I think what I'm saying generally is whether it's at this trade deadline or with assets that you have for next March, April, May, you clearly need another weapon to sit next to Justin Jefferson. I'm cool However with that. you acquire it. Now, I don't think you need to give up a one for any of these guys. Now, is there a name out there? That hasn't been speculated. I mean, if there's ever a day, right, it's Reckless Speculation Thursday for us to toss out some name that hasn't been out there. Is there some name that I'm missing? Because no name comes instantly to mind. Like, to me, of the receivers, it's the names we've I don't we've so. bandied no, about. No. No. I don't I, think there is. And I, and I don't think that and DJ uh, Moore. Quasi is going to give up a first-round pick. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like, I'd be shocked if Quasi right. gave up a one. I'd be it's shot. probably not a second. It's probably a third and and back. I think I, I third think Clay, is is the highest. Yeah, I think Claypool is available because of of the emergence of Pickens in Pittsburgh too. So like I do think he's yeah. out there. Like I do think he can be be. Had. Oh, he's definitely out there. I can so, promise you, he's he's yeah. out there. I don't Judy think Pittsburgh's was, giving him away. But if they can get a day two pick, I absolutely can see Claypool moved. The price on Judy might be a little bit more, which might give the Vikings cause for pause on that one. Uh, but I just I, I trust that O'Connell knows what he's looking at, and, and I also think that there's a very good chance that O'Connell thought coming into camp, you know, I've got Jefferson who's great, the- Thielen who's great, and the one thing he's learned is that Adam is not as quick as he once was, and I think part of the problem with going downfield now is teams can really put that shell on on Jefferson, and there's nobody else really to threaten them. That's exactly so- it. Now. That's going to have to change. Dare I wonder, is there more there with Rager? Like, the speed is there. I, I don't think so. Is there any way you can use him a little bit more? And I'm not suggesting, like, they should. Yeah. I'm just, um, I'm wondering. That's it. Don't you think they would be if there was? Yes, I do. Like, yeah. like if this was Zimmer, I'd be like, he's screwing it up. He's a defensive guy. They're screwing <laughs> it up. It's Kubiak. They're screwing it up. Um. Until O'Connell proves that he's missing things, which to date I don't think he's done, I'm going to I'm going to take what he does and say, you know what, I'm sure he's right about that. Also, I'll add this, Doogie. So in his career, you know, going back 2020, Jalen Rager's been throwing 24 deep passes of 20 yards in the air or more. He's caught five. He's he's caught five of 24 deep targets. Now, do you want to split hairs and say, well, but Jalen Hurts' accuracy was much more questionable in 2020, 21, and like, okay, maybe they weren't the greatest deep balls. I think if underneath, I think there's more there with Rager. I just, I mean, he's, I mean, Claypool is is six foot four, for instance, 235 pounds, throw the ball and just let him. With a 40 something inch right? vertical. Like, Chase right. Claypool is an athletic freak. Yes. I'm with you on Jalen Rager. Like, I don't know what they list him at, Phil. But, like, I'm next to him in the locker room every week. You know, I mean, he makes himself available. I end up chatting with him just about every week. I don't know if he's taller than me. You know, he's I'm 5'10". Like so, yeah, yeah, him and I are about the same height. Like, But I'm not even sure he's 5'10". Maybe 5'9 Doogie, stretch the field, damn yeah. it. <laughs> Put on the purple and stretch the field. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Dude, let's go through some uh, rapid-fire scoops here presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been providing, much like a great offensive line for your quarterback, frontline protection and risk management for your business. Whether you're in the state of Minnesota or outside, you can go to federatedinsurance.com and find your local marketing rep and tap into over 100 years of expertise and knowledge. Also, real quick, um, so in early 2023, we do have some openings on Score North podcasts and social media, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, for uh, advertisers. So if you want to partner with us, and help get the word out about your business, shoot me an email, pmackey at scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R north.com if you want to uh, shine a light on your business and partner up with us and uh, and get on board for Q1 of 2023, pmackey at scorenorth.com. All right, what else do you have in your scoop bag here, dude? We mentioned Jalen Noel, by the way. I know Shams put out a note that there's been a little bit of buzz. But if I'm Jalen Noel... 
and I'm going to do this every single night, I am not signing anything for at least four more months. But let's start there. Well, and he's not. I mean, he's been brilliant. Now, I would argue, like, maybe some fans are just now getting on the bandwagon. But, like, if you follow hoops, Jalen Noel was a stud for USA Basketball as a 16-year-old. He was Pac-12 Player of the Year at Washington as a 19-year-old. Now, we can wonder why he fell all the way to the 40s in the 2019 draft. How does Jarrett Culver go pick six? Jalen Noel goes pick whatatever it was, 42 or 43. I guess the evaluators at that point thought he was a bit of a tweener. Like, is he a true shooting guard? You know, can he play point guard? He's only six foot three, but like his ability to score at all three levels has always been there. I've been more impressed with his defense through these five games, but Jalen Noel is legit. I'm not saying he's Tyler Hero or Jordan Poole, but look at the money Hero just got. Look at the money Poole just got. You won't be able to sell me on Noel being far behind those guys. I get it. Like right now, you would take Tyler Hero over Jalen Noel. Right now, you would take Jordan Poole over Jalen Noel. But I don't think Noel is that far off. Those guys are about to make, what, 25 to $30 million a year? So the Wolves going back to June, you're right, Phil. It picked up national steam this week and some local steam because Shams put out a note on Monday. You know, truth be told, we've been on top of this going back to June. The Wolves offered Noel three years, $9 million, four years, $13 million. There's been some more recent dialogue lately but point is yeah at this point he's going to take this thing all the way to unrestricted free agency next summer there is no reason for him to sign any sort of extension even if the wolves doubled their offer there's no reason for him to sign an extension but i just i love what i've seen from jalen noel i mean what are the chances that he is still a timberwolf next year well i mean they can go over the cap i mean what you need to start thinking about is Okay, we know Anthony Edwards will sign a max extension. Jaden McDaniels, what does that extension look like? But you seemingly want to keep him long-term. Like, you can't keep all these guys, right? Even if Mark and Alex are willing, depending on what Alex's role is, but certainly Mark, you know, even if they're willing to maybe dip into the luxury tax, like, I don't think they're going to go Golden State Warriors on the luxury tax, right? You, like, you don't do that until you're a championship-level team. Now, hey. If they make a deep run this year, maybe that changes the dynamic next year with with Glenn having a say still, you know, if they'd go into the luxury tax. But they only have so much flexibility. Yes, they can go over the cap, but they want to stay under that under that tax line. So, like, Phil, to me, you lose somebody, right? Like, it's hard for me to see keeping all of Russell, Noel, and Reed. You can keep some or, of those guys. Or, or do you? Not all or, those guys. Uh, well, Ru- Russell, I could, yeah, I think he's probably gone. Yeah, I mean, he's all over the place, right? He wasn't good last night. I think that goes back to, sure, Russell would have loved to have signed an extension by now, but, like, there really hasn't been any sort of movement on that front. My sense is Tim Connolly wanted to let this thing play out, right? And Russell is okay at this point letting it play out because he knows that Gobert is an asset for his game. But, like, I haven't sensed that Tim Connolly, put it this way, Tim Connolly doesn't have the same opinion of D'Angelo Russell as Gerson Rosas. How about that? I'm not okay. saying Tim Connolly doesn't like Russell, but this isn't Gerson Rosas, right? If Rosas was still running the Wolves, Russell would have a big money extension by now. Connolly is not willing to pay Russell at this point the money that he is desiring. So they'll let this thing play out. And hey, it's entirely possible, depending on how the year plays out, that Russell isn't here next year. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this for... I, I have a whole... Something just hit me like a bolt of lightning that needs fleshing out in the second half of Mackie and Judd today. I was going to bring it up here, Dukes. I want to I want to flesh it out with these guys after you're gone, and then bring it back up with you later, so you can do some inciting on it. Got it. Okay, so let me gonna, get. I'm going to throw, yeah. throw it out there. We'll get to it. We'll get to it after scoop. You'll get to it. Bolt I have a feeling lightning. it's oh Russell related. Is it safe to say no. it's Russell? No. Okay. It is not. It All is right. Jalen Noel and Jaden McDaniel oh, right. and Carl Anthony Towns related. Perfect. Okay. Well, you'll get to that. In a little bit. Let me just continue to empty out my figurative <laughs> notebook. Saturday, Gophers, Rutgers, Huntington Bank Stadium, the Chicago Bears, and Green Bay Packers will have scouting representation. Earlier this week, Jack Robeson, Lakeville North Jr., basketball player, committed to Wisconsin. Lakeville North has that Madison 
You know, it's just it's it's a feeding frenzy. Nate Reavers, Tyler Wall, Nolan Winter, now Jack Robeson. Well, it was listed that Robeson had a gopher's offer. At one point, Ben Johnson, Dave Thorson were heavy in on Robeson. Not so much the last couple months. So the way the Gophers are looking at it as uh, the situation unfolds is for 24, likely only taking one high school player, then going heavier on a high school class in 25. But when looking at that class of 2024, likely only taking one high schooler. And that one high schooler was not going to be Jack Robeson. But kid can play. I've heard good things. Played for Pulley. Like I've heard... You know, he's got skill like he's going to help Wisconsin. But my understanding is, you know, we'll find out in a few years if the Gophers were right or wrong on their evaluation. But my understanding is they backed away from Robeson the last few months. Yeah. Um, good stuff, man. What a scoop session this was here. Un- unbelievable stuff. Doogie, you're just you're, you're peaking at the right time of year here, Dukes. Just want to well, let you know that. That's that's certainly open for debate. I'm that's, catching up yeah. with our friend Kyle Gibson in about an hour. I'll tell him you say yeah. hi. Oh, uh, uh, World uh, Series. Uh, he's going to get a ring, isn't he? Presley's Maybe. in the World Series. I hope Gibby's so, Phil, but I don't know. That Astros team is really, really good. I hope so, though. <laughs> All right. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams, Darren Doogie Wolfson, at D Wolfson KSTP on Twitter. You can find him on the Scoop Podcast as well. Thanks for coming in, Duke. Appreciate All right, boys. It, Have a great weekend. See, See ya. All right. There he is. Um, man. Well, Okay. Let's 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 transition here into our next discussion. Can I play one of these uh, this Finch comment yeah. here, Dex? Yep. Can I hit the fire this one? All Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, you know, I think we got some ways to go to be in peak shape. I think that's probably some of our third quarter woes might have to do with like early season, just you know, fitness conditioning. Um, you know, it's going to also show up in your shooting, and show up in your effort a lot of times, just in general. Um, you know, so I think as we kind of grow into that. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to rise to the challenge no matter what the situation is. But, you know, three and four nights in a back-to-back is going to take it out of you, you know, when you're not at peak fitness. So, and that's not just him. I think that's everybody. We got a little ways to go there. Is, uh, man, you're Dex, you nailed it, man. That is that is bizarro Judd Zolgad. He takes his glasses off Judd. all the time, too. It's it's He takes them off, it's puts Judd. them on. It's just like me. Yeah, well, I told it's you. Hilarious. We're basically born like eight days apart. We're like twins. The same little like dark framed glasses you're yeah. saying, and now you've got you've got your little like uh, your sweater game is on point with your yeah. little photo shoots, I got with my, Livia and stuff. A little bit of basketball. a hunch, a little bit of a hunch. Oh yeah, he definitely it. got a, he definitely has a hunch. Yep. Now he's taller <laughs> than I am, so that's not surprising, but he definitely has the hunch. But yeah, yeah, we are we share a lot in common yeah. when it comes to the looks. Can I just I just want to um, reckless speculation. It's reckless speculation Thursday. And there's there's a whole bag of things to no pun intended Popeye's bag uh, to just unpack about the last 48 hours of cat and ants response to the cat Popeye's comment both on the court and after the game. But one of the things we broached the other day was what is the exit plan if this doesn't work? You know, and that win last night, that's the last five minutes of the game where they had the starters on the floor. That's the probably the best they've looked, and they're closing out a game. And again, it's it's a Spurs team that's shorthanded. You got to scout them for forty eight hours and film and see what they did to you the other night. So like mm-hmm. you, you definitely should have won that game, and you did. You did what you had to do. Um, so some positive signs off of that game last night. But if it doesn't work, what do they do? What is their exit plan? What is the next chess move? Because a lot of people around the country, like national talking heads, the the Bill Simmons and the what's his name analytics guy John Hollinger, well boy they pulled the trigger on that Go Bear trade and now they can't ever make another move ever they're just screwed and locked into these players forever right I have to think that Tim Connolly and Chris Finch and other smart people that they've brought into that front office before they made that trade said listen we're all optimistic that this is this is going to work and this is going to be a top three seed in the West and we're going to make a run with this. But it's such a ballsy move that we have to discuss if it doesn't work, what do we do? If those two guys can't play together, if the chemistry's not right, what's the next move? Well, we just spent 10 minutes with Doogie talking about Jalen Noel contract stuff and Jaden McDaniels is going to be up for a contract. 
But what do they do? They don't want to go too far into the luxury tax. Like, how do you pay all these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that the plan B is saying goodbye to Carl Anthony Towns next summer? If this doesn't work, it's, you underachieve. You only win 45 games. You get blown out in the first round of the playoffs, whatever. And you say, you know what? Ah, what if we leverage Towns for as much as we could get? You could still get a couple first-round picks or you could get talent for Towns. He's he's going to have a decent season no matter what. Yep. And you said, wow, look at Jalen Noel. Look what he's already done the first few games here. Look at Jade, Mc, like Jade McDaniels last night. That was just a classic Jade McDaniels game where he just goes like eight of nine from the field, knocks down some threes. He's active on defense. Ant is 21. Jade McDaniels is 22. Six foot nine, versatile, power forward, modern player. Jalen Noel, 23 years old, can score at every level and is playing pretty good defense to start the year. Could you pivot and say, let's build it around those three guys with Gobert as like the veteran defensive sage for the next few years, figure out what to do with D'Lo and the point guard spot. Is that their plan B? Mm. It might it might be. See, I so I, I think part of the, but I think plan B is probably a little bit fluid as well because what Ant did last night is what you need Ant to do far more consistently because he's capable of that. Yep. Um, and so I think Conley being a pretty savvy basketball executive with a track record of knowing what he's doing, I think he's probably watching that right now and saying, okay, can Ant and McDaniels and this young group, um, can they continue on on a track where they where they gain consistency? Um, I think Cat. See, this goes so deep because, in my opinion, a huge part of the Cat conundrum is this: it's off the floor, it's his attitude, it's his it's his what does he bring there as well? Um, because, in some ways, his personality is what's destructive not his play if he fits in. And and plus, I do, of all of the guys on this team currently, I will give Cat the biggest break on trying to find his role because he is being asked to step into a new role, Agreed. which a lot of guys who are as good as Cat aren't asked to ever transition to. And he, so, was, in the, and he was in the hospital like three weeks yep, ago. Yep. None, none of that, like to me, excuses him just being that's a whiner I, but and that's a and all this but stuff. That, yeah. But I think, the, I think the biggest issue with Cat is, not can he adapt and, and uh, be good in the role that we're going to ask him to play. That's a question, of course. But the biggest thing is, can this guy who consistently, to your point, has whined, unnecessarily criticized Ant. I mean, that was just an arbitrary hand grenade he threw into the locker room. Uh, you know, and, and teams can say, well, distractions, we tune those out. No, you don't. You hate them. It's why you talk about them. It's why you say they don't bug us because they do. Yeah. So I I think that there's probably – and we discussed a plan B a couple of days ago. The more I think about this, I think there, there's a there's probably a couple of pretty fluid plans to to address the fact. And you know what? One fl- flat out is this too. I think we all, or I think there's a lot of assumption that D'Lo that they're going to try to bring him, him back. Why is that the assumption? To Doogie's point. Tim Conley might say, "I really don't like him that much." They're going and to by, need. They're going to need the cap space too, by the way, to pay and, these other dudes. And by the way, twenty three years old. There's a lot. There, there are. I think a lot of executives in this league who are not Dilo fans. So, like Tim Conley would not be the first guy to to be like, "Yeah, I don't think that much," and I certainly don't expect to or plan to pay him max. So, yeah, I think that there's probably a few Plan Bs. But I think we also get too stuck on, well, plan A involves D'Angelo coming back again. I'm not so sure it does. And with Cat, at some point in time, you just have to figure out how can you get him, how can you just get him to play this whole, what drives me nuts is this whole perception by him that I lead this team. Dude, no, you really don't. Sorry. Well, he has kind of by default up until this point. I mean, he's been the mainstay, right? Yes. There hasn't been an official changing of the guard. Right. Although I do, I want to come back to Jalen Noel on, on something in a second. Put a pin in that, if you will. Mm-hmm. We're going to circle back to that. Yeah, we're going to take that offline for now, Phil. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I hate meetings. <laughs> <laughs> but like last night, Kat did what I had a- asked him to do on Twitter, which is, dude, just your eighth year in the league, man. 
put your head down. Stop talking about Ant's diet publicly unless you've done it. Five, unless it's like a strategic leadership move, which it wasn't. And a bunch of former players came out oh. and trashed him for it yesterday. It wasn't at all. Stop complaining to the refs. Stop flailing after every mild, mild you know, contact or run-in. Just put your head down and play, man. Just work. Work. And, put, and then pop your head up at the end of the day and see what happens. And I actually thought he did a pretty good job of that last night. He tends to, like... When something happens, you know, game three of the Memphis series happens in the playoffs or he goes ballistic or something in a game, yes. he tends to come back the next night or two and be more stoic. Yes. And that's good. That's an adjustment. And I thought he did, like last night, he was very, very good for the most part. Um, I'm so baffled by the whole 48 hours that preceded that. Where he's, and some people are like, well, he, he was asked about Anthony Edwards. What's he supposed to do? The questions in this game, as you and I can, all three of us, have been beat writers in the past. We've played that game. The questions aren't relevant if you are an athlete or a coach. You get to answer however you want. No one's making you, no one from the league or the team is making you answer those questions specifically. If somebody asks you about Anthony Edwards, you don't have to then go on a tangent about his diet eating Popeyes. But my first thought was, oh, maybe there is something to this behind the scenes, and it's like bothering a lot of people about Anthony Edwards, and Carl is just like bubbling it over to the surface, and maybe maybe it is a leadership move. I don't know. And I, I just did a little digging behind the scenes and asked a couple of people who would know more than I would in this moment. And the responses I got back anyways were, nah, man, he's he's in the best shape of his life. He is yeah. eating better than he's ever eaten before. Uh, and then, of course, Ant went last night after the game, and Jace Frederick, one of the uh, Wolves reporters from the Pioneer Press, asked him, hey, what did you make of those cat comments? And he and he kind of brushed it off, which is great, and just said, I mean, I, somebody showed it to me. I haven't. He said he hasn't had Popeyes in like two years. I think there is photo evidence of him on an actual Zoom press conference last year with Popeyes. Yes. Whatever, dude. After last night, he deserves a cheat meal for all I care. But what bothered me the most about the whole thing was Towns taking to Twitter yesterday morning and saying, let me pull up the tweet here. He says, this group is special, ain't hearing any outside noise. Buddy, you caused the outside noise. You don't get to now be a martyr and be like, we are not listening to this outside noise. You, with inside noise, created outside noise unnecessarily. And it sounds like you were wrong. Like you just on a whim decided to throw him under the bus for like his previous eating habits or something, not acknowledging what he, the work he's put in this summer. So like the whole thing was weird. I I think that there's a chance that it could upset the chemistry in the locker room as they're trying to build it. I hope personally that that's not the case. Yeah. But I, I just I guess what I wonder is, does this front office see stuff like this? It's not going to de- this isn't going to derail, I don't think, but. Does the front office see something like this on top of the playoff meltdowns, on top of whatever else, and say, you know what? God, we got a couple guys here in Jade McDaniels and Jalen Noel that do put their head down and just go to freaking work every night. And they're efficient players. They're not going to be as expensive, but we do need to make room for them financially. Do they look and say, at the end of the day, we can probably do this without Cat? But not till next summer. But I just right. think this stuff adds up, you know. But, that, but that's where it's a problem because uh, when he does apply himself as a player, he he's great. The, the issue is, and I think this is the question, and it's a big one. So Cat is the latest in a long line in this town of faux leaders. I'm in charge. No, you're not. But people don't have the guts to say. Sit down, shut up, listen. You're not in charge. Well, who's, uh, your Mount, who's your Mount Rushmore faux leaders? <laughs> oh, Souter was a complete fraud. <laughs> Souter tried to, because he was a locker room lawyer. So he was a... Brian he, Dozier, Dozier should be on that Yeah. Dozier. Uh, it, and, you know, at, at his worst at times, and I don't think he's a... I don't think this guy is as... Um, I don't think his intentions were bad. But before this year, Cousins, because he tried to be a... Like, I'm, I'm the quarterback. It's like, no... You are, but you're not a leader. Like, you don't get to anoint. As I say this all the time. You do not get to anoint yourself that. You can be a great player, but that doesn't mean that you have the gene that goes along with people will follow you. So if they won't, shut up and follow yourself. 
Um, but but on Monday, on Monday, and, and, and just to peel back the curtain of how this works and why it's a problem, Wolves get blown out. All right. Embarrassing game, embarrassing, inexcusable effort. And we're now allowed uh, back in the locker room post game, which we weren't last year. But nonetheless, after Chris Finch gets done, they bring one player to the press conference room to talk, and it's Cat. Cat is, as Phil, and you, you have said this yourself, and you're right, Cat is not emotionally intelligent enough to be the guy who's going to, after an awful loss, go to that microphone. Because what he's going to do is he's going to get emotional and he's going to say what he thinks he should say. In Cat's mind, I'm convinced he thinks what he said about Ant was, I'm showing things, I'm showing the press something here. I'm in charge, and, and, and Ant is not, you know, and he just scatter shoots, and it doesn't make any sense. And Ant confirmed the next day after he dropped th- 34 points, leading by example, by the way. Yes. Uh, and Cat on the court was good last night, too. Yeah, Cat on the court's not the issue here. Ant basically said, like, you have the, 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 the supposed leader of the team calling right. out a young star for his diet, which is a, it's a pretty big thing in, a, in an NBA locker room or any locker room. Yes. For that to go public. And then you had it. I mean, the headline hit freaking TMZ for God's sakes! Like it was, it was a story around the NBA community. BJ oh, Armstrong commented on his podcast. Chandler Parsons on his podcast. Everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the next, the next day, Ant is asked about it, and instead of saying something like, "Yes, Carl's been a great guide and a beacon for me," he he basically just dismissed it Correct. out of hand. And that's and that's part two that if you are Conley, you can't ignore. So this self appointed leader of the team is being dismissed by Ant. So I don't, you know what? They might get along. I don't know. They might not. But the point is when you have a guy who goes to the podium, the only guy, the only player who goes to the podium and addresses the press and says something that is uh, certainly rightfully so raises eyebrows and the player he talks about dismisses him like it was said by a six-year-old. Like, get out, ah, yeah, whatever. You I don't know. put any stock into that. I, I yeah, put, like, yeah, I have no, basically what Ant said is I have no respect for what Cat said. That in itself, if Conley and company are smart, has to be examined. Yeah. You have to examine it. And did you guys see too, so here's the other thing about Cat. So I don't expect Cat to change completely. But in the first quarter of last night's game, I saw something which is I which which Cat is on the floor at the same time. Rudy Gobert drives the lane and gets fouled. And the referee doesn't call it. And you know what Gobert does? Doesn't look around. Doesn't say a word till the next whistle, at which point he goes and addresses it. He runs down the court on defense. The Wolves force a turnover and get the ball back. How hard is that, Carl, for you to watch that and be like, oh, yeah, you know what? That's how it's done. And afterwards, Gobert went up to the official, and he didn't whine and complain. And what's going on? He went and said and basically explained, I thought that was a foul. The official's like, yeah, okay, that was it. And that's, that's the type that of and, – and that's the thing, too. It's like there are other star players. Luca is probably the, the biggest culprit. Luca's doing the same thing Cat does. Yes. But, but, there's, but Luca has become this ridiculous player on all fronts, like levels up from even where Cat is as a borderline top 15 player. Yep. I don't like when people say, well, look at these other players that complain to officials. And I would say, well, okay, yeah, like other players complain to officials, but it doesn't derail their game like it does Cat's game. It is it is a problem for Cat's game and for the team. The Gobert anecdote is a great one in that that's how you do it. Get, get back on defense for your team, bank it, and if the if the ball goes out of bounds in 30 seconds, now you can circle back to the ref and say, listen, you know, that's a more productive way to go about it. But these are all little things that, at the end of the day, you look at Cat's stats and you think, man, that guy, crazy, man, 25 points and 10 rebounds and knocking down threes and stuff, but it's these little things that cost them games, and the leadership dynamic is something that cannot be ignored, and people kind of brush it off, like, you guys are being too hard on him. No, man, watched enough sports, seen enough, I mean, he's been the common denominator on some soft Timberwolves teams. I'm not saying just punt on him and get rid of him. I'm saying he needs to... Find a role within this thing that's like third or fourth down the pecking order and just go to work. Just go to work. I don't want to, I don't just put your head down, grind, and we'll see where the chips fall at the end of the season. That's what I want from Carl Anthony Towns this year. Dex. 
I thought it was really interesting on in the pregame show yesterday how they did this cool little sit-down. Jim Pete, Chris Finch, is talking about highs and lows of, of the season last year, highs being, you know, playing game and, and how fun that was and lows being, um, you know, trying to figure out the chemistry. And he's talking about, you know, Ant belongs this stage and Jaden McDaniels belongs in this stage. And, you know, back when they got Gobert and they introduced those draft picks before they were traded, that Jalen Noel was going to be a big portion of this team. And I just found it really interesting that he never brought up Towns. And that that could just be me, you know, maybe making a amplifying something that 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 isn't really there. But I found it interesting that he brings up Ant, he brings up Jaden, he brings up Jalen, he brings up all these other guys, and he's not mentioning Towns. Like Towns played in one playoff series before last year, that was it. So like, was was Towns not ready for that? Is Towns still learning on that? I found it really interesting that he didn't mention him in that pregame part. I thought I just thought it was very strange to me. Yeah. Now it was Finch. You said did the sit down? Yeah, with Jim Pete. Now, Finch did in his pregame with the rest of the media, he went out of his way to laud Towns for being an all-NBA player. He's the only oh. guy on that level that's, like, learning a new position. Yep. Um, so yeah. he is, like, lauding him in that way. But he also, like, as a coach, you should be. You should try to be – Cat's a guy that you got to pump his tires. And, you know, you, you just – he's kind of a high-maintenance personality. Like, he just is. And um, I guess my final thought on this is they do have an – I feel more comfortable – with their exit strategy now than I did 48 hours ago, that if at the end of the day you had to say, well, we're kind of in a jam here. We need to recoup some value and make room for young guys that do fit what we're doing and grind and understand, you know, sort of the ups and downs of a game and stuff and are super talented. I would, I would be okay tomorrow if they said, Hey, next summer we're going to shop cat for some first round picks or some other value. And uh, we're going to build this thing around Ant, Jalen Noel, Jaden McDaniels, and Rudy Gobert for the next three years. Like, I, I feel more at peace with that as someone that rides the Wolves roller coaster. You really do ride it a lot. I want this plan A you to work. You really do ride it, yeah. I want plan A to work. Well, But, but, I, and- but plan B is appealing if, if the two... Uh, if the two J's keep playing the way that they are. Well, and plan A can work, too, because, you know, if Cat, if and I think he, he can because he's an incredibly talented player. If Cat can get into this role now, which I mean it's just go it th- that is going to take time. Like there's no debate about it. If Cat can get into this role and and get to a, a comfort zone, he's going to become happier, which is going to quell the like I think the ant comment is born of just frustration too. And that's the problem. He's a petulant child. So he's just lashing out like like the first thing that comes into to his mind is well 3 years ago ant was eating too much uh, Popeyes, which, by the way, at millions of dollars of free advertising. Congratulations, Popeyes. Great tweet, too, by Popeyes. Popeyes. Great tweet yesterday. What did they say? They said, all the high school athletes who are enjoying a chicken sandwich, don't let your teammates slander you. Like, basically, that's what they said. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. Uh, It's a good luck luck to every high school athlete who eats Popeyes, regardless of what their teammates say. Genius social media post. (laughs) Oh, it was absolutely great, but... So if Cat can get into this role, which I think he he absolutely at some point can, he's going going to be a happier camper. Um, and so I think the plan A very much still can work. I I am of the opinion the more you look at this that D'Lo is gone after this season. I really think he's gone. But I also think that this ultimately can work with Cat and Gobert, uh, because part of the good thing is I don't think. Ant cares enough about what Cat says for that ever to become a problem. Yeah. And second of all, I think that we also are are going to get to to a stage where hopefully uh, between Finch and and uh, uh, Conley that they can convince Cat, dude, you don't need to lead; just play. Yeah. One thing to keep a very close eye on this season is right now Jalen Noel is in a complimentary bench role, twenty maybe twenty five minutes, which is what we wanted the jump from last year to be. And we're only five games in. But per 36 minutes, he is by far their leading scorer. This is what he's averaging per 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. 27 points, eight rebounds, three and a half assists, good defense on his defensive net rating. Gerson. He's shooting 47% from the field. And if you look at advanced metrics, like, like win shares, for instance, he's third on the team in win shares behind only Rudy Gobert and Jaden McDaniels for just his being everywhere. 
Yep. Player efficiency rating. The number one player on the team through five games, Jalen Noel. Just saying, like, yeah, no. I at some yeah. point, does he is he a guy that you put out there for 30, 35 minutes because he warrants it? And then what does what do the rotations then look like? It's these are great problems to have for the franchise. But um, I'm just curious to see how it plays out. You know the scary thing? Five years ago, that pick gets sold. The Jalen Noel pick gets sold. Glenn sells at five. five. <laughs> the they, second round, yeah. They sold second round pick. Do you remember how long we basically said, oh, they can't find anyone yeah. in Dude. the second round? The Jared Culver pick is still a disaster, but it's a little bit easier to stomach that when you actually took Noel in the same draft in the second round. Yeah. Hey, is Spiralite considering a Wolves positivity candle, or is it just the purple? Todd. No, okay. I should talk to my friend Todd. You know what? Purple posit- the, the purple positivity candle is great, but you're right. How about a Wolves one? How about a wild one? Because nothing is better than spiral light candles. They're a great gift. They also, as far as the purple positivity uh, candle go, they're also a great, a great thing to calm you down when things aren't going well during a purple game. But if they are going well, they only add to the ambiance of your home. Check them out, spirallightcandles.com, spirallightcandles.com. They burn not only in a spiral way, but then once that's burned, there's another wick at the end. A long burning candle. They smell great. You'll love them. Check them out. Spiralightcandles.com. And I will tell Todd, my friend, hey, you know what? Let's get on that Wolves candle. Hell yeah. Uh, so do you, I feel like we just ran really long with Mackie and Judd here. We got to get to Purple Daily for today. You, do you want to do some old tweets? Or should yeah, we but no, we're for... doing old tweets. I cut, I cut we're off doing these them? clips. Okay. We're doing wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, I just want to throw it out. Just want to throw it out. like, should, should we do it? Should we, we do, do it? it? All right, let's do it. Old and, tweets and exposed here. comes through. And say, yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> or old takes exposed, I guess. In this yeah, case. it's definitely more of an old takes exposed. Um, I was I was doing some combing of our YouTube channel yesterday, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about our great positivity we had on the Golden Gopher football team. What did we say about that? Oh, God. Uh, The Gophers are ranked only 21st and 23rd in the AP and and the coaches' polls. Hmm. They are absolutely one of the 15 best teams in the country. And if these cowards had any courage whatsoever, they would have vaulted the Gophers up closer to the top 10. These coward, I don't know who these voters are, these coaches, these Associated Press, these nerd writers, cowards. This is one of the most dominant force college football teams outside of the, outside of Ohio State and Alabama. And I am excited to row this boat straight to Pasadena or straight to the college football playoff. Well, Let's get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, no. No. My tongue was was planted no. You know, a little in my cheek. A little bit. No, a little bit in my cheek. Not really. But definitely not fully. No. <laughs> we, uh, I think all three of us are going to be going down with this ship here because uh, here's what Judd had to say. Oh, God. Look at the rest of the schedule and tell me that, that you are pessimistic or, you know, well, that was a fluke. No, it wasn't. This is very real. What is happening here is real. This is not a test. This is real. I know it's weird. I know it feels strange. And I know that there are pe- people like... Dex and us to a certain point, but certainly Dex, who are jumping on and telling you make room on the bandwagon because I'm here. But give me an I arc. think this is I think this is for real. I really do. <laughs> Judd has left. Judd's left his home studio. Judd. Judd is gone. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no! 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 Uh, it's okay. This, this is for real. This okay. is for real. Yeah. It's this still real to real. me, damn it. Oh. But I will say this as my statement. For the first time in my life, I am all in on the Gopher football team. Wow. For the first, you can call me a bandwagon fan. I don't yeah. care. I am all in on the Gopher football team, baby. I am rowing this boat. They got a great run game. They have an obnoxious head coach who's perfect for college football. <laughs> I, I have already committed to a it. tailgate. In a month with friends. I said yes. I will contribute the a funds month. to the tailgate. on Saturday against Purdue, baby. And- oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that Purdue tailgate can <laughs> be a real rouser. What tailgate you blast. did you commit to, Doug? Uh The Iowa one. So I, I still got another, like, month, but I committed to it. 
It's still happening. I got to go. I, I, I was golf with my buddy who like is organizing it over on Friday. He's like, you're still in for that though, right? Like despite what's happening, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still in. Rutgers no, I have Saturday. COVID. Sorry. Yeah, 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 that might happen. I might just start licking some doorknobs and, and going in crowded places or <laughs> oh, something because <laughs> if I get out of that, that would be ideal. That was, that was awful. To have to hear again. That was only. I think we're all just going to. We'll just put ourselves all in one bundle for the for the win yeah. there. Uh, yeah. All right. Go Gophers. Roll the boat, Skyima. Go uh, go Gophers. Okay. Over on Purple Daily today, a deep dive into the Vikings offense as we do every Thursday, and a random Viking of the week. Please click subscribe on the Score North and Purple Daily YouTube channels to help us get this community of Minnesota sports fans to fifty thousand subs here. Uh, In the near future, we'll see you guys tomorrow for Feedback Friday.